Hey, welcome to Village Church Q&A. I'm Amanda, and I'm here with Pastor Michael. And today we're going to discuss how do I disciple a new believer? Well, this is challenging for most because we know what they need to believe in order to be saved. Then once they trust in Christ, we're like, totally. You know? That's how I grew up. I was like, what happens next? Yeah. So this is not, this is not easy, but on the other hand, it's simple. Okay. So what I don't want to do is overcomplicate it. And when you think about discipling a new believer, you think about it as if you had a whole bunch of kids, every single kid needs the same things, but they're all very different. So this idea that we're going to create a one size fits all discipleship strategy mm. that works for everybody is just not going to work. Okay. Um, there are some people when they come to Christ, I sit down with them and I'll do systematic theology and we'll read through these enormous books. There are some of them where I'm just like, just let's learn how to read your Bible and pray. Let's yeah. just make it real simple. Nobody's the same. Everybody comes with their own baggage, their own set of knowledge and experiences and needs and, and, needs and, yep. and things to overcome. And, and so um, I, what I want to do is two things. I want to talk about one of the first questions I ask if I am meeting with a new believer. And then I want to share with you a simple process. Uh, I'll, I'll call it a rubric that is diverse enough to apply to anybody that you meet with. Great. So the first thing I want to do when I sit down with somebody who's a new believer is I want to figure out what immediately needs to stop in your life? Uh, now, everybody who's a new believer, I mean, you and me as well, but mm -hmm. there are a lot of sin issues we have. Yep. When you come to Christ, you are confessing your sin. You're aware of it, right? Mm -hmm. Now, you're not aware of all of it. You might be aware of one or two things. And what happens is you walk with the Lord, you become aware of about a thousand more. Yeah. But the Lord in his grace doesn't show all of those to you all at once. Mm -hmm. And when I'm working with somebody who's a new believer, I am very patient. Um, in fact, they may have a sin pattern in their life that really irritates you, but they don't even know it's sin yet. Yeah. Just relax. They'll get there. But I want to pay attention to the sin that convicted them. I want to pay attention to the sin that brought them to their knees that made them want to come to Jesus. And I want to work with them immediately on what repentance looks like. And this is kind of setting a pattern that as you are aware of things, you're going to begin to let go of them. And then I want to ask a different question, which is, okay, what needs to stop, but also what needs to start? So everybody, you can only teach so many disciplines at once, right? And so there's so only so many things you can add to your life. Um, but I want to, I really want to ask, what does this person uniquely need right now that's going to accelerate, accelerate their spiritual growth? Um, they might have come from a really, really difficult church background. And if you're part of a healthy church, that's pretty life-giving. Mm -hmm. You might want to just say, let's just start attending church together. Um, maybe they need to start reading the scriptures like, and, and, and you need to work with them on that. But what is like the one or two things that we can start right now? Because if you overwhelm them with 18,000 to-dos, then they're going to get overwhelmed. They're just trying to work it all out. Mm -hmm. um, and so I immediately start with those two questions. Mm -hmm. I'm very patient with them. I try not to overwhelm them. Uh, this is a process. It's not like, okay, although absolutely. you get the Holy Spirit, like right that minute, it's not like next day I'm like, I'm completely. <laughs> right. Amen. And I'm a work in progress. You're a work in yep. progress. They're a work in progress. And if the Lord, we have this thought, we see all these things that they're not good at, that they don't, that they don't know. Mm -hmm. And if the Lord told them everything, he would just crush them. But mm -hmm. it's the same with us. Do you know how many things we don't know? Yeah. Do you know how many things that we don't even know that we know? How many sin issues we have? We would never get out of bed if we knew all of our Correct. sin problems. <laughs> and so be as patient with them as the Lord is with you now. Okay. And if you can yeah. figure that out, you'll be on good 
good, good ground. All right. So um, I want to share with you a tool and it's a tool that we use at Village Church and it's called the Terms of Discipleship. Uh, it stands for T-E-R-M-S. Each one of their acronyms. So each one of them stand for something. And what the Terms of Discipleship does is it answers the following question. How did Jesus make disciples? Hmm. What did he do with his disciples as we read through scripture? How did he grow them and mature them spiritually? So the terms of discipleship, I think, are really helpful for parents raising kids. Mm -hmm. If you want to raise them spiritually and disciple them, if you have a new believer in your life, if you're leading a ministry, the terms of discipleship, it's one of those tools that can be used anywhere. And if you use it with a little bit of intentionality, um, what you will find is that um, you can help disciple people um, with intentionality rather than aimlessly, which mm -hmm. is what most discipleship looks like. Yeah. All right. So the T in terms stands for truth. And we ask ourselves the question, um, what truth do they need to know now? Um, so for example, if they have no experience with Christianity, they've just believed in the gospel, maybe I want to go through some Christianity 101 with them. Um, I want to teach them about what is the church? Um, what is what is a spiritual gift? How do I read my Bible? Different things like that. What we always want to make sure in the truth that we are doing is that we are making sure they are going to God's word and they are now understanding that God's word is the source of ultimate truth. Mm -hmm. And so anything that we do, so we ask them, what, what unique truth do they need? So what we do at Village Church, for example, is we will look at um, every single age of kids and then we ask ourselves for their age group. What unique truth and principles do they need at this age? And then we design curriculum to be able to give them that specific truth for their age group. This is going to require, though, you knowing the person you're discipling, their context, their background, what they know, what they don't know. And uh, so you ask them, what what truth do they need? There's I shared earlier, and I implied this, there was one, two men that came to Christ and we jumped right into Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology. It's a book this big. Now, it's not meant to be read all at once. It's meant to be like a reference book. Over the next 30 years. Right, correct. <laughs> complete it. But they came alive because it dealt with different biblical subjects topically. So a systematic theology, you can look up angels and it tells you all the relevant passages of scripture on angels, the different interpretations, and then what uh, that particular author's perspective. It's really cool. Mm. So it gave them the ability to kind of jump around a little bit on subjects they were interested in. I was just happy they were in the word. Mm. And uh, so there are just different ways to do that, but you want to make sure truth. This is the T in terms, truth. What truth do they uniquely need? All right. Number two is experiences. And we ask this, we say, what unique experiences do you need? Mm. Um, maybe uh, you've never been a part of a church before. So that is a, an experience, right? That yeah. we want to design for them. We want to bring them to church. Maybe they need to go on a retreat. Uh, maybe they need to go to counseling. Um, maybe they, I, I could, there's maybe a million things. Maybe they just need to get together with some Christian friends. Maybe they need to go to a singles group. I don't know what it is. Maybe they need to jump into a mission trip. But we look at them and their history and we say, what experience right now could we put on the table that would accelerate your spiritual growth and meet some of your spiritual needs? Mm -hmm. And we just see this with Jesus. He was so intentional. He created these experiences for the disciples that were unforgettable. Um, for example, walking on water, right? He planned this whole yeah. thing. Like the amount of things Jesus planned were crazy. Like he gets into the boat and there's going to be this huge storm and he's sitting there taking a nap. He knows Falls what's asleep. coming. He's you know? like, this is the part where I fall asleep right. and then they'll be scared. Totally. And, and he knows what he's doing, but, but a good discipler is going to pay attention to, all right, what's going to, what, what experiences are going to kind of catapult them 
spiritually mm. to the next level. Or maybe you'll you'll meet with somebody and you'll be like, I wish they could understand the providence of God. And so maybe you take them to a conference on God's providence. Maybe you buy a conference that you've already pre-listened to that's maybe accessible for new believers. You know what I mean? Like, yep. how do you create an experience that that addresses some of their immediate needs? Everyone's different though, right? Yep. So what truth do they need? What experiences do they need? That's the E in terms. What relationships, this is the R in terms, what key relationships do they need? So if I've got a fifth grader, I know that fifth grader needs to begin building relationships with adults that are not in their family that love Jesus and collaborate with the parents. Um, I know that if I've got a high school student, um, their friends are going to be really important. And I want to make sure I curate environments where her and godly friends can continue to connect. Um, I know that they need a relationship with a spiritual leader or pastor um, that is their pastor, right? Um, these are key relationships that they're going to need that God is designed to grow people spiritually. If I've got um, really anybody living in their home, their relationship with their mom and dad is essential. I want to make sure that I am promoting that relationship. What key relationships has God designed in order to help you grow spiritually? Mm -hmm. That's the R. Um, the fourth is ministry. What key ministries do they need to begin participating in? Now, if they're a brand new Christian, they may not even know what their spiritual gift mm -hmm. is. And here's the good rule. Just jump into anything, yep. anywhere there's a need, right? If something needs to be built, they need something in kids ministry, they need something in tech, just jump in anywhere. You don't have to be great at it. Just jump in. Mm. And as time goes on, you'll see where they start to bear fruit. And we say, just follow the fruit. Um, and if they're really, really good at something, then begin to invest in that and teach them how to grow that ministry skill mm. in that area. So the M in terms is ministry. And finally, the S is spiritual disciplines. What unique spiritual disciplines do they need? Jesus trained his disciples, it seems, almost exclusively on two of them. Number one is how to read, interpret, read and interpret the word of God. And number two is how to pray. Hmm. He spent so much time teaching them these two things. And so we want to make sure that if we have a brand new disciple, we are teaching them how to read and interpret God's word and how to pray. The best way to do it is to do it with them. Mm. Um, Jesus taught the disciples to pray by praying with them. He taught them how to read and interpret the word of God by doing it with them. Mm -hmm. And so this is where, you know, discipleship requires some kind of hands-on activity. Mm -hmm. So we pull back and we say, um, what are the terms of discipleship? What are the five things that I need to, five questions I need to ask? What truth do they need? Mm. What experiences right now do they uniquely need? What key relationships do they need? What ministry do they need? And what spiritual disciplines do they need? Yeah, and I think you've mentioned this before, but to understand that all of these things don't need to come through us yep. or by us. We can find other people in oh my the gosh, church amen. that can facilitate yeah. some of these experiences or relationships. It doesn't have to be all on you. So when we... If anybody says to me, will you disciple me? What I'll probably tell them is I'll meet with you for two months and I will connect you to the people that you need to be connecting with. Mm -hmm. I will process the terms of discipleship with them. Mm -hmm. We'll talk through a few different things. Sometimes I'll even put it on the on like a whiteboard and say, let's just process this out. Mm -hmm. um, and then my job is to be a connector. Uh, it's terrible when someone says, will you disciple me forever? Right. Like, no, right. <laughs> no, yes. I won't. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Jesus is better than I am. I want right. to... So, and I think drawing some boundaries on mm. that. Hey, here's what we're going to do. If you're a brand new believer, I'll say, we're going to kind of establish a six month plan. We'll spend two months doing it. And uh, by the time the two months are done, I'm going to have connected you to somebody who's going to take you to the end of that six months. Yep. So we're going to be intentional. 
uh, our discipleship pastor Dean says every, all relationships like this should be terminal. They should have an ending date from the very beginning. Otherwise, it just goes on forever. It slowly fizzles out and then you're frustrated. Mm. And that's unnecessary. So. That's really helpful yeah. information. Yep. Thank, Thank you, you for sharing that for Enjoy. us and that helpful terms. I'm going to remember that yeah. and I'm going to use it with my own kids. So go. next time we hope you join us back when we answer the questions, are Christians required to attend church? Church.